Our scripture reading today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. It's the story of Peter declaring Jesus as the Messiah. Hear these words of scripture. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Praise the Mount, a poem by Reverend Sarah A. Speed. I have stayed quiet before. I have held my tongue while passing mountains. I have slipped my hands deep into pockets, despite the music that invites me to dance. I have glimpsed a new moon and a new love, and have acted as if it was something other than a complete God-given miracle. But not today, not today. Today I will dance. Today I will tap my toes all the way to heaven's gates. Today I will point out every shade of gold and periwinkle that we pass. Today I will talk about my faith like we talk about the weather, early and unprompted, comfortable and unashamed. Today I will tell you that God did such a good job with freckles, willow trees, and your entire being. And I will not be embarrassed by my own conviction. I will not swallow my praise. I have stayed quiet before, but not today. Today I will sing. Today is the third Sunday in the season of Lent. This Lent, as we journey towards Easter, we want to take this time and to affirm that our faith is a constant journey. It's a steadfast pursuit that ebbs and flows. The title of our worship series is Wandering Heart, because we want to acknowledge that wandering isn't necessarily distant from God. It can often be exploration with God. And so we're focusing on the life and the faith of Peter. Peter was one of Jesus's most famous disciples. After Jesus, he was the most frequently mentioned individual in the Gospels and in the New Testament. And he is this consistent presence throughout Jesus's life, death, resurrection, and even into the formation of the early church. In Peter, we often see ourselves. 
someone who is both steadfast and unsteady, who is a dear friend and a betrayer of Jesus, a follower of Jesus and a wanderer, someone who loves Jesus with all his heart and struggles at the same time. Let's pray. Holy God, for generations, people have bowed their heads, have prayed the Psalms, have asked for your presence in their lives. For generations, people have whispered, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God. For generations, we have gathered here. We've quieted our minds. We've prayed to feel your presence in our midst. So once again, O oh God, just as the generations before, we turn our hearts to your word. Still our busy minds, so that we might truly comprehend what you have to say to us today. With joy and with hope, we pray. Amen. I met Jesus in the church basement in the heat of a summer evening at vacation Bible school, the faint smell of sulfur and crafting supplies in the air. I met Jesus in Sunday school classrooms, in the Bible stories on felt boards and with worksheets and stickers. I met Jesus at youth group lock-ins, at home in the sanctuary, walking up the aisle in my stocking feet, receiving God's loving forgiveness in Holy Communion. I met Jesus under the stars at Camp Asbury, surrounded by candlelight, in the Holy Land at the Garden of Gethsemane, sitting in front of the empty tomb. I met Jesus in the delivery room when each of my children were born. And I meet Jesus each and every Sunday morning, and the faces here. So if Jesus asked me, who do you say that I am? I would say, Jesus, you are love. You are comfort. You are the constant in my life. Your forgiveness and hope. You're the sanctuary for my soul. In today's scripture, we encounter Peter, in one of the pivotal moments of his faith journey. There in Caesarea Philippi, this place that is filled with all sorts of shrines to pagan gods, as well as the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus. And Jesus asks his disciples in that place, who do people say that I am? And they answer, well, some say, Jesus, that you are John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah, and still others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Basically, people believe that God sent you just like the other prophets throughout the ages. And so then Jesus asked them another question. Who do you say that I am? And the disciples in that moment, they fall silent, all except for Simon Peter. Peter pipes up, and he says, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And so Jesus declares, blessed are you, 
Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Jesus blesses Peter here because he doesn't regurgitate some rote answer about Jesus that he heard from somewhere else. Peter's answer wasn't based off of rumors or hearsay from others. It's based off of his own experiences with Jesus. Jesus had yet to reveal himself as Messiah. He had not declared that yet in scripture. And so the anointed one of Israel that they were waiting for, they didn't know that that was Jesus yet. But Peter did observe it through his journey with Jesus. Those moments when he witnessed Jesus healing and feeding the multitudes and, and calming the stormy sea, he saw who Jesus was with his own eyes. No one told Peter who Jesus was. He knew. Just like we know deep down in our bones, before we've heard the creeds or a sermon or any other person's ideas, we know who Jesus is in our hearts and in our very beings. Who do you say that I am? That is a relational question. Who, when we ask, who are you? That's a question that we try to answer whenever we meet somebody new, right? To get to know who they are and how we might relate to them. American historian and theologian Diana Butler Bass says, who is an invitation into a relationship that can, if we let it, change us. In her, in her book, Freeing Jesus, Diana goes on to say, if we think that being with Jesus means getting the right answers from a creed or remembering points of doctrine, doctrine from a sermon, then we probably won't manage to know Jesus too well. We will only succeed in keeping others' responses scribbled on some back page in our memory. But to truly know Jesus, to truly know God in flesh, we must answer Jesus' question, who do you say that I am? And do that. Answer that question using our own experiences, our, our own personal encounters with God, our own time spent in Scripture reading who Jesus was, and in conversation with others about those Scriptures and those experiences. Who do you say that I am? It's not a question that we can answer once and have an answer. And then somebody asks us three years later, and we have that very same answer. It's, an, it's a question of a lifetime. It's meant to be asked again and again and again, experienced over and over again. Because it re entails remembering where we first met Jesus, whether that was when we were a young child or as an adult and how we struggled with Jesus along the road, and what we learned in the process. Now Jesus in this scripture goes on to tell Simon Peter, and I tell you that you are Peter. This is where Jesus changes Simon's name to Peter. And so Jesus says, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, that's what Peter means, I will build my church. 
and the realm of the dead will not overcome it. So Jesus declares that he is going to build his church on the solid foundation of Peter's faith. Now we know that Peter did not always get it right. He didn't always have it figured out. But Jesus built his church, the people through whom the Holy Spirit would work for generations until the ends of the age. Jesus would build his church on someone who had an open and a faithful heart. Not that someone who had it figured out, but someone who was open and who remained faithful to who God was to him. That's all God asks of us. Because on that foundation, the foundation of an open and a faithful heart, God can work miracles. God can transform the world. God has transformed the world through that. An open and a faithful heart is all God wants. A, the, a sanctified art, who are the writers of this wandering heart Lenten series, they have created an affirmation of faith for each week. And these are are new affirmations of faith. They're, they're words that haven't been handed down throughout the ages as creeds, and yet they still have that same foundation, that same essence, and that personal experience of God. And so today, I invite us to affirm our faith together in this, this affirmation of faith. And as we do this, because we're all in our different stages and phases. Some of us might be ready to proclaim this outright. Others might want to mumble or whisper this affirmation. Still others might want to sit and listen. And we know that God hears us in each of those phases. God sits with us, next to us, holding our hands, waiting for us, to simply affirm who God is in our hearts. So Jesus asked the disciples, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? So church, what do you say? Jesus is a hand reaching out in the storm, the voice of truth spoken over us, and love without walls. Jesus is justice for the weary, healing for the hurt, and welcome for the stranger. Jesus is teacher, Messiah, and friend, with me on the mountain and beside me in the valley. Jesus is a star in the night and a love that knows my name. Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? Like Peter, we say, Jesus, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. As we come to this table and celebrate Holy Communion together, we think about this question. Who do you say that I am? Peter responded, you are the Messiah. But what we don't know is how Peter responded. Does his, did his voice falter when he answered? 
Or did he respond loudly and with confidence? Or was it a tentative whisper? We don't know because the text doesn't tell us that. But we can trust that no matter how we speak to God, when we do speak, God is listening. And so I invite you to join with me in this prayer of confession. Whether you whisper the words or speak them with conviction, may you trust that our gracious and our merciful God is listening with love. So let us pray together. Holy God, some days we are quick to declare your goodness. Like Peter, we see you in our midst and we are confident in our faith. Other days, we are distracted and uncertain, desperate for answers. Forgive us for losing sight of you. Some days, we are quick to trust your blessings, trusting that we are called, that we can make a difference. Other days, our praise falls silent and doubt creeps in. Forgive us for losing sight of ourselves. We know that fear and doubt are part of the journey, but for the days when we are far from you and far from ourselves, we ask for your tender grace. Pull us closer toward you. Remind us of the mountaintop moments of our faith. Amen. Friends, whether you speak to God in a whisper or with clear conviction, with questions or with answers, with hope in your heart or with doubt sticking in your throat, God will always listen with love and with mercy. So let us rest in this good news that regardless of how loudly you live your faith, you belong to God. You are loved, you are claimed, you are forgiven. Speak that good news with confidence. Amen. We know that, like many of us, Peter had this wandering heart. His journey wasn't polished or linear or perfect, but he was always tethered to the love of God. Jesus is the center of gravity that Peter is continuously pulled towards. And have you ever noticed that in a home, the kitchen can often be that same center of gravity? It might be hot and bustling in the kitchen, but that's where the good stuff happens. That's where the people end up congregating. Food brings us together. It brings us in from playing outside. It brings us home from work. It brings us to these warm places at the table. And so we remember that Jesus sat at the table to begin a practice that would bring all of us together to sit down and to center ourselves with God. So it is at this table that we are fed with Jesus's life and Jesus's forgiveness. So let us hear 
again, this saving story that is brought into being among us this morning. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, our Lord took the bread from his table and gave thanks to God. He broke it and then he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body. It's given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup from his table with his disciples and he gave thanks to God. And again, he gave it for all to drink, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant, given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as you remember me. Come, Holy Spirit, breath of God, renewer of life. Settle on these gifts and on all who gather here, that we might be transformed in our remembrance of your radical love, your internal embrace, and your grace that makes all things new. By your spirit, O God, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all of the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we get to feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. In the United Methodist Church, we celebrate an open table, which means that all are welcome to come and to receive God's grace and God's love. Those who are joining online, I invite you to celebrate with us the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Know that these elements are gluten-free and alcohol-free so that we might all celebrate together because we know that we create barriers and we have barriers in this world. But at this table, they're all broken down so that we might come together and to receive God's love. The welcome team will guide you forward. You can place your empty communion cups in the rail on either side. Friends, this is Christ's table. We are the guests, and he is the host. There is a seat with your name on it here. So come, this table is set for you. I invite the communion stewards to come forward as we celebrate together.
Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this mystery and what you have given yourself to us. We know that you join us on our journeys and you feed our souls with your presence and your grace. And we pray that you might send us out, nourished and accompanied, in your name to love all of your people, to bear one another's burdens, to provide healing and to proclaim your kingdom to bring your peace to every place you send us. Oh God, through your power of your spirit, we pray these things. Amen. And I invite the choir to come forward as we prepare for a time of prayer together.
you, choir. We have a few prayers that have come in. Prayers, Kathy asked for prayers for her mom, Clara, as she recovers from an illness and a short stay in the hospital. And also prayers for Neil as doctors work to find a diagnosis. And Sharon asked for prayers, continued prayers for Nancy, for Bev, and for Marilyn. And Linda asked for continued prayers of comfort for Bev and for Marilyn. And Kim and Mass, uh, Matt ask for prayers of strength for friends who lost a son and daughter-in-law in a car accident this past week. And Sophia asked for prayers of courage for an upcoming audition. And Judy asked prayers of joy and thanks everyone for prayers and cards and says it's so good to be at church again today. And also, Shelly asked for prayers for Allison that she heals from her third concussion in, at school this year. And then prayers for Sandra, who's having knee surgery, and prayers for Pauline and her daughter, Ashley. And also, our altar flowers today are in memory of Reverend Tom Taylor, who was a pastor here for 12 years, is that right? Um, was very beloved and passed away recently. So with all of that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. God of the north, the south, the east, and the west, we are grateful for you. We thank you for scooping up the dirt and breathing life into it. We thank you for forming this body, this life, this world, and these people. We thank you for drawing us in and for holding us up, for weaving us together. If people ask us, who are you? Our mouths speak of worldly labels, but our souls always sing your praise. And so today we come to you in prayer with gratitude overflowing. Gratitude for the people who have shaped us, for the places in which we've come to know you, and for the stories that imprint you on our hearts. And we also come, O oh Lord, with our prayers. We pray that you will be with these people that we have lifted up. God, they may need your guidance, your wisdom, your hope, and your love. And we know that there are many other prayers that lay heavy on our hearts. And yet we know that you hear those prayers, even when we don't have the words. And so we ask for you to hold our hearts alongside our worries. Relieve us of our burdens and protect us in the palm of your hand. And draw us closer to one another as you do. And now with confidence of children who believe without hesitation, we pray the prayer that you taught so long ago saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each Sunday is to remind ourselves that church does not end here, but we, the church, go into the world with the message of God's love and God's grace. And so we have a few ways of how you can do that through Brexville UMC. And the first one is this evening, we are having our chili cook-off. It's tonight at 4 o'clock, or I guess this afternoon, at 4 o'clock. And we'll have all sorts of chilies and cornbreads, and you're welcome to come. There's no need to RSVP. You can just come and enjoy. And we're raising funds for the Emergency Assistance Center in Northfield. And it's a fun time to raise money for them. And then also, that is who our March donation drive is going towards. We're collecting canned soup and body wash and toilet paper for the Emergency Assistance Center in Northfield. And you can also go to um, BUMC links, and we have our Amazon wish list for all of their top most needed items as well. So you can bring some items tonight when you come to the chili cook-off and make donations um, financially as well as with this donation drive. And then next Sunday is UMCOR Sunday. So we have these special Sundays throughout the year in the United Methodist Church. And UMCOR is the United Methodist Committee on Relief. And this is the, the mission and the humanitarian assistance agency of the United Methodist Church. And so they provide relief and recovery response throughout the world. Often they are the first people, when there is an emergency somewhere, they're the first people with boots on the ground ready to go and to serve and to love and to care for people. And so you can give to this UMCOR Sunday and it goes through all, uh, it covers all of the overhead. So whatever we give throughout the year goes directly to the need. And we don't have to worry about covering any of the overhead or anything like that. It really just cares for the people. And so you can do that by giving online, or you can do that by giving in the offering plate on course Sunday next week. And then on um, Friday, March 15th, we have an opportunity for joyful gathering with the Bobby Joe Valentine concert here at the church, 7 o'clock. It's, it's a great time to gather together. We'll have a free will offering at the door, and it's just an opportunity to hear some beautiful music with a great message and to come together and enjoy time. And you're welcome to invite friends and neighbors and all sorts of people to come who might not feel comfortable coming on a Sunday morning or to worship. This is a way that you can invite them and maybe they might feel a little more comfortable in church. And then finally, we are looking for pictures of hands. So Michael Jazak, we are commissioning Michael to um, paint a picture for us for over the um, fireplace in the parlor. And so he is in need of photos of hands of all sorts. It can be hands together. It can be one individual hand. This is a hand um, of Skip and his great-granddaughter, Kennedy. And so um, just as an example, but we need all sorts of pictures. And you can send them to uh, info at brexelumc.com. And uh, I don't know what he's going to do with all these pictures, but he's going to do something with them, and it's going to be pretty. I know that. And it's just to showcase our, the variety of who we are here at BUMC. 
So with that, let us receive our benediction and go and do God's glorious work. Beloved wanderer, as you leave this place, may you carry your curious heart on your sleeve. May you look for God in every face. May you find courage to get out of the boat, to run to the tomb, and to speak of your faith. And when the world falls apart, may you hear God's voice deep within, saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. You are called, you are blessed. In both your ups and your downs, you always belong to God. Go trusting in that good news, and go now in peace, and not in pieces. Amen. Let us stand and sing together. Thank you.